Good evening, Patriots. I guess it's good night. <laughs> Not really. It is the night, though, and it's Friday, March 24th. The end of that, for a really interesting week, quite a week, actually, of all the things that have been going on and the continued pursuit that we're all putting ourselves on and getting closer to Father God as the world spins and spins like a crazy top. And I see for some, which is true, it's good morning because we're already past midnight, which is good. One thing right now to be really vigilant on is definitely some of the threats that we're facing, which obviously is food. That's a big one. So make sure that you're doing all you can to keep stocked up in case of emergency. Well, not that, but that's a nice song, but that wasn't what I intended. Try this. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out. MyPatriotSupply.com. Good to have those on hand. They last for like 20 years. And it's just good to have that type of emergency food that you can pick up and go. I just read in chat that there was a tornado, I guess. So I don't know where that is, but... We'll keep prayers up for those folks that are in the path of that. We've got a lot of crazy weather right now. Last hour, we had an excellent interview and an interview with Matt Klepfer, who is going to host a Bards Fest in Fredonia, Kansas, small little town, 2,200 people. And we'll get the finalized dates on all this we're close. I think we've got it, but I just want to make sure we tie up all the loose ends before we go announcing it because it's going to be a big influx of people. We also have to make sure we work out the logistics of where people can stay. So that's why I'm holding back on dates. We did say it's roughly like 20 to 23 September, but before you go making plans, let's get this thing anchored down so we can put it out because there's there'll be a lot of people show up and there's going to be a lot of neat things that happen. And we want to be gracious in our as to what we do in that town and not to overwhelm them. But at the same time, it's going to be an awesome opportunity to meet some great people in America. And there's going to be other Bards Fests, like I told you. The other one we have now is in Yuba City. Tentatively, those dates are like the 7 to 10 of June. Again, just tightening some things up in these next couple of days. We'll get those dates finalized this next week, and then zero in on starting to make those two events happen as we look for other locations too. I would like to see, and I'm just putting this kind of out as an all call. If you have a place, a, 
a ranch or you have something that can host a bunch of awesome, wonderful, God-loving patriots, Bards Nation, and you're interested in having a Bards Fest, let us know, man. That's that's what I. This is really the inspiration of a lot of this. We had an amazing Bards Fest in 2021, centralized location, St. Louis. And it was a place that we ended up finding after we found the first place. And it was a place that turned out to be great. Um, but it really, it w- I wouldn't say it was God-led. This has really been an important process of putting it to prayer and letting the doors open as they do. And one of the centralized parts of Bard's Fest is literally breaking bread with each other. And that's the theme that God's been kind of pushing forward through my prayers as we've gone through here, which I started in the discussion with the sourdough revolution. And that's got a lot of people making sourdough, which is awesome. I've been traveling so much the last couple of weeks, I haven't even got my starter going yet, but I will be this week this next week, which is going to be great, and then start on that process. And we're going to explore, how, we'll have a lot of neat discussions about that going forward. And then that's kind of led to the one of, what's the, kind of the, one of the key features of Bards Fest. And it's really going to be just being together and celebrating the Holy Spirit. It's not that we're not going to do breakouts. Each of these events is going to have its own character. And what I'm using and I'm talking to are what's in the local. What's in the local area? What's in the local talent to bring classes in breakout sessions outside of our worship? One of the places we're talking to, beekeeper, we're talking to a guy that forages. He teaches how to forage off the land of God's natural blessings to to survive and eat. Uh, we've got somebody that does, a, he's awesome and he's a healer and he's got a he uses this, he's building this machine, which is kind of like to amplify prayers to heal people, which is very cool. We have homesteaders in some places. We have a lot of talent. And the idea is to use the local talent and to keep each flavor going. When I say that, kind of the character of the region as well. But the logistics on this are going to get interesting because um, we start talking of having food for a thousand people in a location. That's not a small issue. We, we didn't have to cross that bridge in Bards Fest 1. In Bards Fest's plural 2, that's going to be a big one. So that's part of the planning that we're doing right now, just so you know, and kind of getting this ready. Um, this year we're going to have T-shirts, finally, and those should launch. I said this week we just got a little behind on a couple of things because of my travel, but we're all ready now. We're ready to launch. You should start seeing announcements for T-shirts on sale next week. Um, and we're going to try to have hats available for Bards Fest. So we've got a lot of stuff and a lot of ground to cover. But just to kind of give a perspective, on, and because I get a lot of questions like, what are the dates? And it's like, we're coming, and we're moving fast, relatively fast considering. And with this, um, you think about just, just think of this for a minute. Think of a 1,000 people, which is kind of the – where we were last time. It's probably going to be close. It may not be that many in every festival, but we'll see. I have a feeling we're going to be that high because we've grown a lot since then. But let's just say on the average of a 1,000 people, now I want you to think about having barbecues and barbecuing and smoking meats and whatever we're going to do with with 
things like that. That's a big event. Um, that's a couple cows, <laughs> just a couple. So those are some of the logistic issues that are going on. And um, it's going to be fun. And the biggest thing this year, oh, and I, we just got reminded, and yeah, we're going to have to have tacos somewhere along the way. Yeah, we can't do it without tacos. So it's going to be fun. And I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to connecting Bards Nation with just some amazing people as we bring ourselves connected, really woven in with other communities. This is how we're building the body of Christ. So I want to begin tonight with Matthew 14, 13 to 21. This is very special. This is when feeding the 5,000. And it just seems to be a very appropriate theme as we move into the, the planning and visualization of Bards Fest. One of the things that I want and I'm asking everybody to do, spend some time and in, in individually, which becomes collectively, to pray into Bards Fest. If you have ideas, we've set up a, there's a telegram room for Bards Fest. You can put stuff in the Bards family room if you have ideas. Um, you can also, uh, we'll get an email set up so you can drop that in there. I don't have it quite set up yet, but we'll set it up so you can drop ideas. And, and we're going to take those collectively. And again, if um, if you have a location, and I don't, I'm not like, I have a location I want you to rent. I mean, if you have a location you want to host something and it's like Matt's story or like Pastor Dave Bryant's story where it's like, we want you here, then just email hannah at bardsfm.com. That's easy. But the, the thing here really is central is bread and breaking bread. And there's a lot of theology and spiritual importance to that process in this coming together. So let's begin with Matthew 14, 13 to 21 tonight. When Jesus heard about John, he left there privately in a boat and went to a secluded place. But when the crowds heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When evening came, the, dis the disciples came to him and said, This is an isolated place, and the hour is already late. Send the crowds away so, they can, so that they may go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here except five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. They picked up 12 full baskets of leftover broken pieces there were about 5,000 men who ate besides women and children. As I was getting some stuff ready for the show tonight, one of the things that struck me, and I, I think we'll probably pursue this theme, is I think we need a meal at Bard's Fest that is bread and fish. And I mean, it will be good. 
I know I, I'm, there's probably a lot of people who are like, I don't like fish. Well, okay, we'll have a side dish or something, maybe noodles or something, I don't know. But I, I think that this is something to really bring together the, the, the communion that we're talking about. And it, is, it has such potential here for us to really just awaken a, a deep and powerful union in the Holy Spirit as we're together. And this, I'm very excited about these Bards Fest. And I'm also, for the unlike 2021, I am feeling that we already have this under control feeling very comfortable in the place of getting these together. I know there'll be a lot of last-minute details that we'll have to deal with like always. But this is really going to be about bringing together us. So that means volunteers in each location to help make things happen, um, not just on the weight of a few people. And I'm not complaining, but last time in Barsfest, it was just a handful of people that put that together. And let me tell you, we worked our tail off. And I'm blessed for all the talent that came together. This time, we're going to get a chance for all of us, given if you're open. I mean, this is an opportunity to be part of something that's really going to be epic. And that theme, which I think is going to be so important in this, is going to be Joshua 611. Um, that's really the, that's the scripture that was given, and it was given to the prayer team. And, I, and interestingly, um, I just find this to be so unbelievably powerful when you start talking about where God wants us to be. Of course, Joshua 6.11 is, is when they bring the ark back to the campsite, and it's, it's the setting up of the camp. So this scripture reads, So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once, and the army returned to camp and spent the night there. This is, as I mentioned before, kind of a campfire, lighting the campfires, bringing, coming back together, being together. This is really the main theme, and it's so needed right now in this time. As always, as I talk about this, it brings forward the idea of Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and restore him and he with me. This is ultimately what we're all trying to achieve. There is a lot of separation by virtue of the different brands of Christian faith. And there shouldn't be that much separation in the body of Christ. If we're really focused in on the love in Jesus and the strength in the body of Christ, we're not focused in on the secularism or individual branding of the churches. We need to step away from that sort of dead stone worship and empowered the Holy Spirit within our world. And this is what my personal uh, celebration when I talk to the Lord is about Bard's Nation, is that this is, we are everywhere and we're growing everywhere. We're all over the country, we're all over the world. 
Many go to church, many come here as well, but it's the point that we're taking our faith into the world and we're not allowing it to be fixed on one day a week or in a pew or just within certain programs in a church or certain outreach in a church. This is us living the body of Christ in our daily lives. And that's what I would hope and my prayers are for Bard's Nation is that we literally become this army of disciples out here that are just constantly engaging and bringing the church to the world and bringing the heart of Christ into all that we do. And that's a, that's a heart of a lion. And it's one that's out here that's fearlessly approaching anything that people are cowering away from, fearlessly walking into places where others won't tread, and leading with that power of prayer and the love of Jesus in all of that. And I, I think that, that as we start to model that, we are truly opening up doors that we can't even imagine. And those doors... Um, are literally they become the doors that only only God can the doors that only God can open and they lead us to places that we would I would say we would never have imagined in my observation and also echoing what others have shared with me from Bard's Fest 1 Barsfest 1 was centralized on a national repentance in praying for the nation. It was knowledge was a foundation, but our faith was what led. And so as we start moving in this direction, one of the things that I reflect back on is that we were an anomaly of representation from 40 states that came in the hottest point of the year in St. Louis, enduring the heat and keeping our faith before us in such a profound way that I personally believe, especially as we look at how that festival came about, how it continued to manifest, how it closed with the rainbow in the blue sky. I see that as a spark that lit a nation. And I'm, and I'm in no way trying to somehow take credit for revivals that are happening, but in the series of events, of God's events, I believe that in the reflection back historically on this time, Bars Fest was one of those events that will be looked at significantly as a fire starter as a passion for Jesus starter, as a passion for the Holy Spirit starter, as a repentance for a nation. We had about 1,500 to 2,000 people, depending on the day or the time of day, in attendance. But Bards Fest was streamed at several million locations and restreamed over 8 million times. We were getting people in the Pacific Rim that were live streaming it and putting translations under the stream. It was incredible. The coverage was huge. We were live streaming through Clout Hub. We were live streaming 
through Brighteon, and then we had others just streaming and going. It was pretty amazing. I know from our own website traffic, it was off the scale. This will happen again. And I'm saying all this because even though Bards Fest right now is localized in the United States, we've already had, there's, there's going to be some form of a Bards Fest that's kicking up in the UK. That's already been informed to me. And I'm hoping we can spark some up in other areas. We have somebody who follows us in, they fly a Bards FM flag down in Chile. I think we've got somebody else in Australia. I, I'm what I'm, My point is here, I'm encouraging you, even if it's a barbecue in your backyard with a couple people, proclaim it as Bards Fest, as unity in the body of Christ, and unite in the prayer and have the celebration. Whenever you want, make one. And I think this is important. For those that are, are, are not going to be able to come for whatever reason, um, organize a backyard event or a living room event, whatever you're going to do, and watch it on live stream and participate with us. We, we do this on a daily basis. And what's really profound to me is how powerful this ministry is becoming in the right ways. And what I'm going to give you as an example of is every Friday now, if you are not aware at 1 p.m. in our normal bended knee, that's 1 p.m. Pacific, at our bended knee time, every Friday is dedicated to prayer requests. Today we had prayers go on for about 30 minutes of prayers today, of prayer requests. Here's what's profound, because we're already beginning to get the testimonies. We've done this now for about five weeks. And I've been very blessed to have Duncan step in at times when I've been busy, and he does an amazing job as well. And even Duncan's testified. He's like, dude, he goes, that show is blessed. This was Duncan saying this. He's like, that show is blessed by the Holy Spirit. He says, it's in his words where it's anointed. He says, I, I was going through the prayers, and I started crying. He said, and healing is happening. And that's two things. I mean, for me, I know that when, when I'm working close to the Holy Spirit, and I'm Father God's in presence, or you know, we've got Jesus running there with me. However that is, I'm telling you, I, I get choked up and tears are flowing. And I can't do a prayer session on Friday without being overwhelmed with that because it's a beautiful, beautiful breaking is what it is. But what's more than that as far as witnessing of the power of prayer are the testimonies we're already getting back of the success of prayer. We have had two major testimonies today, and, I, and I, there may have been more, but two, and they're standing out. And one was somebody who had cancer in their lymph nodes that is now responding to recovery, to, re, to respond, responding to treatments and beginning to recover. And another is someone who had lung cancer, and they're now in physical therapy, and they're reducing their oxygen needs. Patriots, that's truly the power of healing prayer, which is what we talk about so much. And these are the active miracles of God working through us. This is step one, heal the sick. So imagine when we start to come together physically 
in these festivals and the potential of what we can do for the healing of the nation and the healing of the body of Christ and taking that with us in each of our communities once we come together and go out. But equally, for those that can't attend, do not think that your attendance by distance is any less in that scale because we're already proving that we aren't putting hands on people and yet we're praying for people. Sometimes we don't even know their actual name. And I'm not, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Our relationship in a digital space is very different than in a physical space. Some people will go by their screen names, and I'm perfectly okay with that. And yet we're seeing, even at that, we are seeing the power of the Holy Spirit work. Because it's not about the name, it's about our prayers with the intent of healing, focused on who is sending. God knows everything. And so I, I, I'm saying this as well to be inspired because what we're seeing here and witnessing here is the true power of what how the Lord works. And I, and I just find that to be completely amazing. Matthew 26, 26 to 29. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat this in my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which ratifies the agreement and is being poured out for many as a substitutionary atonement for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. By the way, I'm using Amplified on this, so if some of those wordings you aren't familiar with, um, I really have got turned on to I, my two favorite versions now, NASB 1995 and Amplified, because Amplified is providing some of the variations of words in it, and I'm reading some of them, which gives us a greater depth into the original text. The constant theme of breaking bread is throughout Scripture. It's powerful. And so looping back to what I started at a little bit earlier about the sourdough revolution, it's something that we should all be committing to. I don't say it lightly. It's, I think it should be fun. I think it's exciting. I think it's an opportunity to build a skill. But this is also a spiritual issue. And for me, as God put it on my heart, I see it as much more than just a trendy thing to do. This to me, as, as God put on my heart, the sourdough revolution, and literally making bread once a week in that commitment, and then sharing a loaf with somebody, that has powerful spiritual implications in a beautiful way. This It goes back to feeding the 5,000. It goes back to the Lord's Supper. It, it takes us even to that place when Jesus came back. So This is when he arose from the dead. So there's so much there that I, I'm, I'm encouraging people to really commit to this. 
because this is one of these things that in a very private and uh, personal time, which takes sourdough takes roughly about 24 hours after you have your starter going. It's something that you can focus on and spend time with the Lord and create something that's not dependent on refined yeast. It's natural. It takes us back in time to an older era, and it provides us something very special as we create something to share with our neighbors and with our friends, family, or, or whoever. John 21, 9 to 14. So when they got out on the beach, they saw a charcoal fire set up and fish on it cooking and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to land full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew without any doubt that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. I'm. It always stuns me how we tend to look at these moments as if they can't happen again, won't happen again until Jesus returns, um, as if they're locked in a time and a space. I, I really don't know the how or why of what I'm going to tell you, but I know that the interactions I have with Jesus are real. They're not overwhelming in the sense that I'm so knocked over. I, I'm, I'm, it's a person that steps in who is my friend, who is my Lord, who is a caring and loving soul. And I've had enough conversations at that level to tell you that it's just so amazing and so humbling and so special and so real. It's the living Christ. When I read these things, I just smile of how amazing that experience was and how common it should be, would be my words. Father wants to live and work through us. And we're, we're, all we have to do is just make our hearts available and open that up. So as we start to look at Bard's Fest this, this time now, and kind of where the decision came to have more than one, this is a time when travel's going to be difficult, and I'm being realistic about it. Um, expenses have gone up. Everything is going to cost more. And to put on festivals, even when they're in the simplest form, costs money. We're going to go on the same principle as we did before. 
anybody's welcome to come, no matter your means. When we put these up, we're going to have certain, like Yuba can only handle a thousand people, roughly 900 to a thousand people. That's it. I mean, it's not a, a question of can we extend more? That's just what is going to be because the limitations of the space. I don't know how many Matt's place can handle in Kansas, but we'll deal with that. Again, we're going to have to look at logistics around there for everybody because each of these locations isn't in a major city where you've got 50 hotels around. So we've got to look at those issues. But I'm committed to doing just as we did last time, and this is as the Lord guides. This is going to be, we'll make a suggestion on a recommended donation, but no one is going to be limited to come to this if you don't have the means, meaning to pay for a recommended donation, okay? I want to make that very clear because I just know the heart of people. I know the heart of myself. I know the heart of the Lord enough on this place to say that this is for the right reasons. So if you are in a situation where already you're telling yourself, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can afford to come. to," If you are committed to come, you will come. That's what I'll tell you, and we'll figure it out. But that's another reason to break these up regionally because it is the idea of bringing these events closer to each other and then, again, using technology to continue to connect us, which I think is, I, I smile at every time because whatever Lucifer intended, God always uses for good, and we're going to have that sort of effect. In all of this, and as I've read through these scriptures and I've shared them with you tonight, it seems pretty evident that one of our meals needs to be fairly simple. One of these meals should be fish and bread to honor Christ and to be truly biblical in the sense and to see what the Holy Spirit will do. One of the things I think is so important in all of this is that we put so much emphasis and trust in the Holy Spirit. I just know when we do that, the most amazing things happen. And I think we can all agree. And we're walking now, we're beginning a walk with these Bard's Vests, a physical walk where we're putting ourselves out there now and saying, okay, Lord, here we are. Now send us and let us walk deeply with you in a new way, in a deeper way. And let us awaken the many gifts that we still seem a hard, have a hard time grasping. And let us awaken the true sense of who we are. We are just such amazing people. And we have been so deeply programmed to believe just the opposite. We are the stewards of this earth, and yet the psychopaths, the perverts, and the freaks are running it. And that in itself, when you sit back and you look at the, each day and you read Scripture from the lens of how amazing we are, 
may amazing enough that God sacrificed his only son for us, not because we were unworthy, but because we are amazingly made in his image, that we are each unique in that space, and that he loves us with a level of love that we can't even comprehend ourselves. He also loved us so much that he gave us free will, the will to choose to not be with him, which I can't even comprehend that level of love. And yet, here we are. We're making the choice to return to him. We're making the choice to humble ourselves before him and repent. We're making the choice to do what walk is necessary, no matter how difficult, to be there next to him. And it isn't that God chooses, I don't believe, to put us through brutal trials. They will happen by the virtue of this world. But what we do learn is no matter how intense those trials are, as we lean into him and have trust in him, he will lead us through. Three years we've been going through this nonsense of psychopathic brainwashing, suppression, and totalitarian insanity. And the crazies aren't done yet. But their time is quickly winding up. And so what I hope for everybody is that you're opening your hearts boldly, not putting God in a box, not trying to suggest that you can or can't do something, but letting God work through you now because great things are coming. We're going to begin to see the miracles of heaven work in our lives. And as others who doubt Jesus witness these things, we are going to see many seek this out and humble themselves before the Lord. We're part of that greatness, all of us. And that, I would say, is without sounding, trying to sound in any way prideful, but that is what I would say is the reward of holding on and holding the line in the face of one of the most intense most ruthless psychological propaganda campaigns ever waged on humanity. And we have endured, we have not lost our faith, but we have instead emboldened our faith. We've leaned on him more to trust in him more. And we've come together to build a fellowship that extends across the globe. So now as we start to formulate this into actual events where we come together once again, let us keep that always in mind, the necessity to remain humble and the necessity to continue to share our passion and love for Christ in the real world, outside of the dead stones of what so many churches have become. I'm not against the pulpit. I hope I want to clarify and I'm not against the church, but the pulpit needs to be re-emboldened and 
reignited with the passion of the Holy Spirit, and the pulpit needs to not limit itself to the four walls, which too often have become a prison. This ministry here only has walls if we put them before us. So don't put walls. Have no fear. Be fearless in this world. Confront everything that you, if you think it's evil, let's bring Jesus there. And let's free the many. I think that's worthy of some prayers. Let's pray. Father, we've just had a really amazing day. I just want to thank you. This is a day where we've had an opportunity earlier today to pray for so many, and we just capstone this evening with a, a, just a thank you and, and asking for the continuation of those prayers for all that we prayed for, for all of those in need, and that they may realize the healing and blessings to awaken yet a deeper relationship in Jesus. We have had a, an amazing guest this evening, Matt Klepfer, and the story of his family and a man who's opened up his farm to an assembly at Bard's Fest. We just thank you for that encounter and thank you and for the opportunity and just ask that he and his family remain blessed as they go forward. And we've had an evening tonight to just reflect on some scriptures and reflect on the blessings given to all of us here in Bard's Nation. And so we're going to pray and ask tonight, Father, that as we have been blessed, may we bless others. And may we have the blessings of you to work with us to bless others. We open our hearts this evening for all that are in agreement with this prayer to ask for those things that Christ said we could do, the greater gifts of healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, and doing greater works than he. We say that humbly. We ask for that guidance as, you, as your will allows and as your will permits. We're in a amazing time, Father, a time that You've allowed us the opportunity to fall, and yet you're, you've, risen, you've raised us up in greater ways. We've faced some what seemed like impossible challenges at the time, and yet you never left our side. And not that you ever would have, but it's just a reminder for us constantly of just how great your love is. And as a reminder for our own selves of how great our love needs to be. And Father, in our prayers, you have given us blessings of response as we've seen real prayers transform into real healing. A reminder of the greatness of what is before us and a glimmer of who we really are. So Father, as we now set on this course to prepare to bring people together in assembly and Bards Fests and we continue to expand our love into the world and we continue to congregate here in this ministry online. 
May your words continue to resonate deeply in our hearts, heal those pieces within us, strengthen us in ways we have yet to learn, and raise us up in greatness in such an amazing way that we truly become a representation of kingdom in every place that we walk. So that as eyes witness us, those eyes seek that relationship in Christ and the pursuit of the love that you extend to all. Thank you, Father. We are deeply humbled and blessed. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope you all have a very blessed weekend. Take some time. And just take a walk and talk to Jesus. Take some time and have a conversation with Father God. Don't be timid. He's not. He's not at all. He is right where we would expect him to be. Behold, I stand at the door and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20. Let's open those doors. Let's invite him in. And let's dine. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you on Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Have a very blessed Saturday. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body